Hey guys, and welcome back to the In The House podcast with Olivia White. I've taken a little bit of a break from these podcasts, but I'm ready to dive back in with this interview with the gorgeous Emmylou McCarthy. This was a much requested interview, and I know that you are absolutely going to love it. So thanks once again for listening and enjoy. I remember the first time I discovered the gorgeous Emmy Lou, and there was just something about her that made me go, yep, she's my people. From that day, I have been in awe of this infectiously inspiring woman who has seen a rapid rise in the world of traditional and social media. Having struggled to reach her goals and dreams of presenting and producing, Emmy Lou didn't take her letdowns and setbacks as failures, but rather as the motivator to make shit happen. When there were no knocks on the door, she fucking just built her own door and knocked on it herself by creating, producing, and starring in her very own live television show, Dotcom Social. But how did Emmy Lou even get to this place? What was the lead up to this point, and how long has this journey taken? Today, I sit down with the gorgeous Emmy Lou McCarthy and get to know a little bit more of the behind the scenes and an insight into how it all came to be. Welcome, Emmy Lou. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yay. Thank you so much for that. I want to applaud myself. That was <laughs> such an amazing intro. Oh, well, I'm glad, I'm glad that you like it. I always get like really fun. I'm like, oh, I hope that you're okay with this intro. Are you kidding me? I love it. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I'm glad that you do. Well, like I said, um, obviously in that little introduction, I mean, you've done some pretty amazing things, but I guess we've really come to know this online presence, this persona that has been, I guess, created around you um, as a presenter and a producer. But I really want to get a bit of the backstory because I feel like there's there's a lot there. <laughs> so let's just dive in. Let's just go back to the beginning. And I feel like I need to grab wine and strap myself in. Am, am I right in saying that? Yeah, I know. You need, you need a wine. We need a weekend. Yeah, I know. I know. Can we make this like an entire season, break this up into episodes? So tell me about growing up because you grew up in WA, didn't you? Grew up in WA in a town called Bunbury. So I was born right up north in a really hot place called Dampier. And um, yeah, grew all my childhood was in Bunbury and that's on the coast of WA. So yeah. spent a lot of time, you know, near the ocean, down south, Dunsborough, Margaret River, all that type of area. Oh my God, you're making me jelly. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> Don't worry. We're in, we're in the best place we could be right now. I love Victoria. So I, um, I, yeah, I lived there until I was 21. Um, yep. Or at 17, I moved to Perth. You know, you make that sort of slow transition. You move to the city. Yeah. And then you decide, you know, then you start to discover who you are, how yep. independent you can be. I was actually engaged when I was 21 to a cray fisherman. So I lived in a small cray fisherman oh town. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Totally didn't see that totally, coming. Yeah, it was. Um, I lived in the most tiniest town, and I was, you know, hugely unhappy. Amazing guy, but hugely unhappy, yeah. and just kept um, wanting, you know, more. And I think I kind of fell into maybe. Um, that place that we do and we party a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know nothing about that. I don't know. Um, and I think, really? you know, I mean, like, and even rewinding a little bit, like I, I've been out of home since I was 14 years old. So, um, you know, wow. that partying did come probably naturally because I didn't yeah. have um, someone to, to rein me in. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And so, um, like you said, you just mentioned that you were out of home from 14. Like mm. that's, that's young. It was really young, and it's only now that I have children that I understand the scope of that, and probably the pure hell that I'm probably put my my parents through. But it also it also does uh, let me know maybe how uh, maybe how not distracted, but you know how how much they were dealing with their own lives as well. Yeah. So my parents broke up when they were when I was twelve. 
Okay. Yeah. And pretty turbulent um, type of lifestyle. You know, my mum's fresh out of the Vietnam War. My dad's, you know, um, from Zimbabwe. So he, you know, he's brought this family from Vietnam and then created his own with, with all of us kids coming along yeah, later on. And I there. just feel, um, you know, there was a lot of turbulence. There was a lot of um, pain there, I think, you know. Yeah. So the, the family life was pretty full on. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think alcohol always can be really detrimental to, um, you know, to that type of environment. Yeah. And then when my parents woke up when, they were, when I was 12, it was a very, very messy time. And I went and moved in with my dad. And he's amazing. And, and I should just really mention right now that I absolutely adore my parents. They're amazing. They're, they're such incredible people. Uh, but, you know, at the time, like, things just happen. You don't realise oh, yeah. that. You know, they're young. When I think about it now, they were so young and they had five children. Yeah. Crazy. Uh. It's, it's, it's amazing the perspective you gain in your own adult life having children. I mean, I look back at how I was during those teen years, like mm. with my mum and the hell that I put her through. And I think about it now and I'm just like... You're mortified. I'm oh, mortified. Yeah. You, you like almost never forgive yourself for it because mm. you, you realise and then it makes you so paranoid and petrified for your own children's life. I think as teenagers too, we really can, um, we can sniff out when our parents aren't all there. So as teenagers with all those hormones and, 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 and how we are, if we don't have that full support right yeah. then and there, we can be really easily led astray. Um, mm. even if it's our own demons, it might not be actually anyone leading us there, but mm. I think that can, can really happen without us knowing. And then our parents, you know, are just doing as much as what they have the capacity for, but you know, obviously being separated to um, still dealing through a lot of pain that they've obviously going through, you know, they're not there for us right at a time where it's super important. And so I think um, when I hit 14, I worked at a chicken shop. I went to school and I worked at like a, uh, it's like a chicken treat. What do you have here? You have Red Rooster here. Yeah. So it's like a chicken treat, but it was called, uh, it's like Red Rooster, but it was called River Rooster. It's quite cool. And um, <laughs> I worked there sort of, what, three, four times a week plus all day, Saturday, Sunday. It would give me enough money to pay rent. I would get food um, from the chicken place, like leftover food as well. I would cook uh, for my other housemates who were all grown um, men. So they were all shearers. So wow. they were like 24. And I would cook for them Whoa. to have uh, to pay less rent. So I think that's where my, I wouldn't say love of cooking came from, but my knowledge and just how to throw together meals pretty quickly after school yeah. and, and be able to just feed Same some good old farm boys. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, and then be really resourceful. So, you know, getting like a cheap chicken or whatever from the chicken shop and, you know, getting rides everywhere. Cause I would, you know, we're 14, no mobile phones, yeah. you get lifts everywhere. Um, yeah, crazy stuff. And, oh my and, God. <laughs> I, yeah, like it's so funny because obviously like we're sitting here doing this podcast today and it, it's funny you know you do it for the listeners to give an insight but even I'm sitting here going <laughs> oh my goodness like it's so much insight into you and just everything you know one of my questions was like where did those epic food skills come from you know we see it on your stories you know we see all these amazing you know recipes that you put together and all these just even like tips and tricks yeah and this is where it came it, from it does I've always been like a tips and tricks girl 
world. Do you know what I mean? Like I've always tried to work out the best way to do things. I, my mum being Vietnamese, they are incredibly nifty. Do you know what I mean? Like they just yeah. get stuff. They can make, they make, I remember watching my grandfather make his own tools to then go on to build me a boat, a pretend boat, but he made his tools to, to do that. Do you know what I mean? Like, so yeah, that's um, mine. Like I you, think there's that, that just doesn't happen here. Yeah. So my granddad would make, you know, all sorts of things. My mum's in, in so much the same. She would just teach you things and you wouldn't always listen, but you realize as you get older, you, you certainly do. And then I was always someone who would help dress my friends, p- help pick their outfits out. Always the person to do your makeup. My friend was really great at hair. We were always into hair, makeup, fashion. Um, I even remember like when I was like nine years old, I would go and buy bulk bath crystals and pot puree and make little things out of chul and ribbon and go around and sell them. And scrunchies, I would hand make scrunchies oh and go gosh. around and sell them. Now and that is nifty, isn't it? Totally nifty. You know, I remember my one girl, she wasn't like a, a good friend or anything, but she kept bringing this homemade sherbet to school. And I was like, you know, why don't you do this to it, do this? To, I'll go sell it for you. You know, like I, I could just do that sort of thing. And yeah, um, being I was really outgoing. So I guess it, yeah. and I think it just slowly evolves and, um, and you just start to do it in your adult life. And I, and I love, I think that's the biggest, my biggest pleasure and passion on my social media is giving people all the hints and tips on how I do things. Cause it, yeah. it seems to really relate. It, yeah. And it, things that people might not have necessarily thought about because they've never been in the situation where they've actually had to not yeah. just, Oh yeah, that's, you know, I could do that. You had to. Exactly. And just learning how to do things in bulk easily as well. You know, Um, I I used to do a lot of sausage sizzles. So like I can tell you how to create an amazing sausage sizzle for like bulk amount of people really quickly, really easily. It's quite crazy. Oh my God. I love that. And just, um, I, one of the things you mentioned there is obviously the love of hair and makeup because you were actually a trained stylist and makeup artist, qualified makeup artist. Yep. So once I got out of the chicken shop, I, I finished year 11 yep. and, um, I then went and worked at a fish and chip shop and put myself through beauty college. So a full year, full time. So that was studying beauty therapy, um, deployment applied science. So it's all your body, it's all physiology as well. But then I also did extra makeup courses, nail courses, um, yeah, and have always had my own business within mm. hairdressing salons. So I had one on Collins Street in the main CBD of Melbourne. I had one on wow. the main street of Geelong. Um, yeah, and so I've had, I've always had those businesses. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That is just crazy. And, like, all of these, I guess, really sort of everything that you've said that you've either sort of, I guess, picked up along the way or become qualified in, mm. they're all things that you can be super resourceful, that at any given time you can pick up and, you know, somehow, you know, make it work for you, you know, if you, you need to earn cash or you need something to keep you going in between or oh, anything like that. It's helped so much in, in, you know, where I want to be as a TV presenter and as a profile because, you know, even producing the show last year, I made sure there was a makeup artist for my guests and for the profiles, yeah. but to cut costs, to cut time, I made sure I showed up at 5.30 uh, every Monday night. The, the show was always live at 8.30 on a Monday night. I would show up at 5.30, full hair and makeup done. Yeah. I had already done the catering for the whole crew. Yeah. And um, and then I would all I have to do was show up, get the set bumped in, and then rehearse from 7.30 and make sure that my guests and my profiles were, were taken care of. So 
So even something like that, yeah. I've, I've literally pulled you know, together it's, everything. It's so funny because if you'd see me, like, you know, at home, I was screaming mess. I've got three kids hanging off me. It's after school. I would do school pickup every Monday like that. Nothing changes just because I've got a, a show to air. So, yeah, the show was self-funded and, and so, therefore, I don't have the resources to have a nanny or even have someone to cater or to have the luxury of getting my hair and makeup done. Also, I don't have the time. A hair and makeup artist is amazing, but realistically, they take a lot longer to do it on you than I can whip it together. I mean, I'm 39 in like two weeks. So oh, my been, God. And I've been, you do not look 39. <laughs> and I've been a makeup artist and doing my own hair since I was like 17 years old. So yeah. I can whip on my hair in an episode of Peppa Pig. Like, it's done. Yeah, hair and makeup's done. Yeah. Give me Ben and Holly and then the beach girls are done. Do you know what I mean? Like, I need two episodes and I'm good to go for a shoot. <laughs> I'm good to go that. on live TV, anything. Oh, I love that. And I'm, I do imagine that that's actually a very sort of like nifty thing. And I even look at people like Beck Judd and that and you know majority of the time they're actually doing it themselves and and people don't realize that because it's actually a skill that you really have to acquire Mm. to be in that in that space because most people don't actually have an hour and a half to sit in a makeup chair no no they don't and also it's I mean it's a great skill to have because as you're you know if you're wanting to grow your profile it's not even about wanting to grow your profile if you you know working in a professional space at all it's really handy to have these types of tools to make you feel good and confident about walking into whether it's a meeting whether whether sometimes you know maybe even a coffee date has got you a little bit you know unsettled sometimes if you know if you know that your go-to messy bun looks amazing and it makes you feel good, mm. that's a good trick to have. It doesn't mean it has to be beach curls or anything like that. It can be something really simple as filling in your eyebrows, putting on your favourite lip gloss, heading out the door. Those are great skills to have and anyone can have them. They don't have to be a makeup artist. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and like you said, you mentioned there about obviously you've got three kids as well. So mm. I think sometimes, because obviously that's not a huge focal point for your social platforms because, mm. you know, you're not trying to be a blogger, you're not trying to be an influencer, like this is all about raising you and your profile, um, that you are doing all of this while juggling, you know, only one of your kids in school, one kinder or two, 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 in school? two. So this is the first year Camellia's in school. So now we've got two in school, one to go. Yeah. Um, and and <laughs> she's never sounded so excited. <laughs> and she is a killer. So little Vita is two and a half. She turns three in July. Um, just killing me on the potty training. Absolutely. Uh, oh, I know um, that. And, um, so you so, see, you know, that, yeah, essentially I still have one at home and, and last year, I had this little bit of money saved and I thought, okay, you know, I want to produce this show. That kind of came out of nowhere that, you know, wasn't meant to kind of happen, but I had to take it obviously by the horn as soon as it came to me. Absolutely. Um, and so the money actually didn't go into the show. The show I just cut corners and produced and, and edited and did everything I could at home. The money actually went into putting the girls in daycare. Yeah. Because I needed the time to do it. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's that's where all the money had to go because I wasn't earning any and there was just this little amount and I had to make that really conscious de- decision. Right, I've got to put the girls in daycare three times a week and I have got to push it, like really leg it those three days. And that's phone calls, that's producing, that's creating stories, that's editing, um, pre-production stuff. That's going crazy. Yeah. And people don't think about that. I think that that's the, one of these things, you know, I think for anyone, not just your situation is not unique in the sense that there are so many mums out there trying to hustle, trying to get businesses off the ground, you know, this, that, the other. And they're either trying to do that and manage their time with children, mm. which is 
anyone who does that knows that that's actually like a really great way to burn yourself out mm. or you have to put them in care, which costs money and costs a lot of money. So you, you never start from zero. You always start from down here Yeah, because automatically it's either one or the other. Exactly. And, 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 and you know, that it's funny when something's going really well, that's when your home life is normally going down the toilet. I always yeah. find, you know what I mean? Like, so, you know, I remember being in the middle of the, the season last year and just things were not going well. Like I had, um, you know, just about, uh, been co-parenting with Aaron for a while. So we live under the same roof, but not together. Um, yeah. really hard. Yeah. Yeah. I can <laughs> really imagine hard. And, 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 you know, so having that, um, and he's a great guy and we're, we're trying to reconnect and, and, you know, um, we're not ready to give up on the, the family just yet. So we have a huge amount of respect for each other. But back then last year, that was at its highest peak, you know, right at that crescendo. And that, that was when the show was going great guns yeah. <laughs> because you're almost cutting off from your family life yeah. and just going and putting everything into that. Cause you know, the momentum's there, but then you come around, you turn back around you're like, Oh my God, my, my family's a mess, you know? And yeah, um, yeah I've spent the summer really like really dealing with that. And it's hard too, because I, I think that, um, you know, everyone's happy to see, you know, like you said, you know, the show's going great guns. It's gaining momentum. You're gaining momentum and stuff like that. And everyone, you know, sometimes we forget that, you know, once you have kids and, and once you have a family life, and I think it's especially that pressure for women, it's completely different when it's the male going out and doing things. Mm. But, you know, you still have to manage that. You still have to manage the family life, the home life, you know, and then you're trying to also do things for yourself. Like, there's only so much that, that someone can do. Completely. And I'll be honest, you know, I'm not I'm not naturally very good at being a housewife. As in, you know, we all know that washing sits there unfolded in a basket. I get that. But, you know, I'm one of those ones who have the extreme amount of washing sitting there. You're I just don't, picking clothes you know, out um, of it. Yeah, yeah. I pick, I pick, pick clothes. Like, and I, I'm not naturally kind of neat and tidy. Home. Aaron is very neat and tidy. Um, you know, I'm not... Yeah, I'm, I'm very, um, I'm very eclectic and I'm very, very kind of crazy in my way sometimes. So I've had to really dig deep to try and find a way that will work for the household and that there's some sort of routine because these kids, these kids won't have a routine. Like, you know, I've got to build them a foundation because what I'm seeing is that they are going to lack that foundation that I lacked and I, and I, you know, so that has been scaring me a lot. And I, I make no secret of the fact that I've spent two years in, in family counselling. Like I, I've gone to counselling for two years when I really struggled with being a mum and feeling like I just didn't have that connection and desire. And I think the, the biggest thing was like, I'm not enjoying this. I'm not enjoying this. And, and that's Ooh, what, you know. That's a big thing for a lot of people. Yeah. And it's something that we don't talk about. And I think that's why a lot of people really, really connect with you. Even just allowing people to be on the journey with you of doing something that you want to do. That's actually so big in itself because, you know, I know that you say that you worry about the foundations that you're setting, but you're also setting a really fantastic example for your children by showing them like, Hey, you know, I have dreams and aspirations and, I, and I'm going to go out and get them. Like, mm. I, I think that your children seeing you work hard for what you want will be just as beneficial for them. But society sometimes makes you think yeah. that, you know, it's got to be all like, cupcakes and rainbows and totally around with your stick vacuum yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) i i I totally agree you know i um 
I went for an audition for Biggest Loser mm-hmm. last year, really early last year. So this is before Dotcom Social had even started, not even the first event had ever happened. And I got right down to the, the day before I was getting flown to Sydney for costumes and wow. outfits. And I was so excited. And my you, let's just, let's just paint a picture here. Because I had gotten so far, I got a little bit cocky and I started eating everything in sight because I was like, well, I'm going to be in the biggest loser. I'm going to lose it well, anyway. I put on, be bigger. Olivia, I put on seven kilos in the casting process. <laughs> <laughs> it was a six-week casting process, and my sister was like, should you be eating that? I'm like, I'm in training for The Biggest Loser. What are you talking about? You're like, um, um, I need to be big to lose. And, um, <laughs> and so the day before I was getting flown to Sydney, I got cut. And it wasn't wow. anything that I had done. It was just the network had decided they're cutting the cast in half. There was already a girl with a similar story. They went with her, not me. Um, you know, totally fine. There was no kind of malice in it, but that's that just show, that was just showbiz. <laughs> now, I was... Devs, I couldn't speak. I couldn't. I couldn't get out of bed. Nothing. And I had been preparing the family for this. We were so wow. excited. So, and then, in, and back then, my idea in my head was that was my big break into TV presenting. When in rea- reality, I was getting put on a show for not my presenting skills at all. So, really, I'm, I'm so mm. glad everything. But it was for whatever you could do. Like you know, exactly. some, I mean, you look. There's been quite a few successful people. That exactly. Have and so for me, that was in my head. This is the only way I'm going to get there. This is the only way I'm going to get a shot. And I was sitting there at the table and, and, and my son was like, why are you crying? And it was the day of. And I said, oh, you know, because um, I didn't get through to the show. I didn't make it. And he's like, oh, you should have tried harder. And I was like, okay. Ah, <laughs> fucking kids. <laughs> Eat your fucking chicken. And he goes, but why do you want to get in it? And I said, oh, because I, I really want to be on TV. I, I really want to have my own show one day. Now, that didn't mean much to me right then when I was saying that. And I was bawling my eyes out at yeah. the dinner table when I said it. And then fast forward six months from there, they're sitting down on a Monday night watching mum on TV on her own TV show. And so, you know, and, and I could see Sage kind of get it. You know, he, I was, he's like, what are you doing tonight? And I said, it's the first night of my TV show. Like, they, they don't know. I'm just screaming at them going, please, just get in the bath, get in the bath. I've got to go. And I've got yeah. all my hair and makeup done. And I said, you know, you're going to watch TV with dad tonight. He goes, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm on my own TV show. They kind of missed the process because I'm doing yeah. it while they're at school. And he goes, really? And I said, yeah, mum's got her own TV show. And he just wow. looked at me. And, I mean, it wasn't a big, like, crashing moment but it kind of was in their subtle way like geez mum's got her own tv show yeah. <laughs> well i remember jeremy actually sent me when i was on the show jeremy sent me a video of annabelle watching me yes. on the tv show and she it was almost like she couldn't actually like she was like mummy's on the tv like it's so exciting but it's weird because mummy's on the tv like how is she on the tv yeah. like she's only three but um even just seeing that video and seeing her reaction to me like it make you feel good you, you know that's that's why we do these things yeah. do you know what I mean like it's those little things that really make you go oh okay like it's it's worth it and that can translate into anything do you know what I mean it can translate into a sporting event it could be you know your kids are watching you train for something in particular my kids yep. have watched me go to the pool and then they see me at the Australia Day Great Australia Day race every year on, a, on Australia Day in Brighton yeah and um they kind of don't really understand and connect the dots when I'm leaving to go to the pool but then on Australia Day when they see me swim from the jetty and then they see me come through the finish of the line they're like oh my god you know they connect yeah. the dots in these little moments and it's so cool and it's even things as little as you know I know that sometimes, especially in the whole social media blogosphere, you know, 
for some reason, I don't know if it's just mums because I'm in this space, but you know, people get this bad rap for making money out of Instagram. Mm. And I'm like, do you know how nice it is for me to be able to afford to, you know, take my kids to do something or take them on a holiday or take my husband somewhere nice for dinner and feel like I'm contributing to the household. Do you know what I mean? Like, of course, you know, and it takes what you do takes so much time. Like, you know, I, I don't make any money off my Instagram and you know that. And I, you know, often like get hammered the opposite end. You think I'm crazy, but, but get um, hammered the opposite end from, from brands, you know, going, well, why won't you accept my money? Why won't you do that? I'm like, oh, just, just not right now. You know what I mean? I'm kind of, I'm really focused because I don't have that, the, the capacity to kind of do one or the, uh, do both. Yeah. For me, an influencer is a full-time job. What you do, Olivia, is a full-time job and you have got that down pat and you're so good at it and you're so professional. And so, and so, um, we're not here to talk about me. And so original, (laughs) but I don't think for me, I see where my strengths lie and that's not where my strengths lie. My strengths lie in, in TV presenting and being a presenter. And so it's like, oh God, I want to, but I just got to stay here for a little while. I got to keep going down my path. Absolutely. Mm. Um, and I mean, like you just mentioned, obviously, you know, you went from the biggest loser, um, to dot-com social, you know, in that six months, but obviously there was a desire to present and be on TV, you know, before mm. biggest loser, where did that all start? Like, where did you really, I guess, where did this big dream start? Where were you like, Oh, oh so I've God. been in musical theater and performing since I was a kid, yep. always dancing, um, got a scholarship for Johnny Young talent school, like when I was like nine or whatever. So I, so wow. as, as a kid, we did Taekwondo and dancing. Like that was my two sports. So I got my black belt when I was 10 and in the same year got my scholarship, like when I turned 10 for, for Johnny Young talent school and did quite a few years there. And also, so um, did heaps of musical theatre with my local theatre group. Remind me not to piss you off. Yeah. I'll <laughs> no, fuck you up. No, I'm just I'm joking. And I come from a very, a very old school town. I can't wait town. for the day that one day you're like presenting at the low and you just take someone out. You're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> It'll be at the after party. It'll never be on the rich carpet. Trust me. <laughs> um, and so I... I have always done musical theatre. Then I think when I was about 12 or 13, I got accepted for the WAPA youth, WAPA program. So WAPA is the big Yeah, I know what WAPA is. It's Hugh Jackman. So, yeah, it's Hugh Jackman, <laughs> it's Heath Ledger, it's all of them, I think. Um, it is Hugh Jackman. That's all it is, is Hugh Jackman. And, um, and so I got to, you know, do that youth program with them. Wow. And then when I was 16, I, I auditioned for WAPA. And, and you're living out of home at the same time. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I remember getting a lift up there actually oh, for the and I didn't get in because I was so young. I mean, I was auditioning next to people who were 25 years old. You know, I was so young to be auditioning for uni. Um, but they did actually send me an amazing letter, and it was like a really authentic letter saying we would love you to come back. Um, which oh, wow. you know, now now having met so many people that have gone to Whopper, you know that that's a really significant letter to get now. Unfortunately for me, I went kind of down the road of partying. I became a skydiver. Um, I was, you know, working as a beauty therapist. You became a skydiver. Yeah. And oh, you started, know, I just became a skydiver on top of everything really else. really nudging the party life, you know. So I think I just spent about, you know, I, I should have, that's where you kind of need your parents, I think, to, to pull you back in and go, hey, you're back Stop here. jumping out of planes. Yeah. yeah stop, <laughs> yeah, stop, stop stumbling out of nightclubs and then onto a plane onto and a then plane. jumping out of it. Out of stop it. doing that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey mum, I'm just going to move out of home and start doing skydiving. Please go off the rails and start doing drugs and alcohol. Okay, bye. <laughs> That's literally. Yeah. 
Oh my god, I'm so scared about my children are teenagers. Anyway, <laughs> continue. Yeah, so I guess that's that's where the performing came from. And then my life just kind of went, you know, into beauty therapy, skydiving, having fun, whatever. And <laughs> it was funny, I had the kids and I was just very like, you know, just struggling with my weight always since since being pregnant with my first kid. Haven't still haven't lost any of the weight I've put on with any of them. <laughs> And I've got a lap band in, folks, and that well, still hasn't helped. But yeah, well, I mean, I think we can all – there's probably um, a few hands raising out there and a few heads nodding to, um, yeah. Exactly. That baby weight, don't want to shift. Exactly. And so I think when I got pregnant with my third baby, I had just lost a baby to a miscarriage. Of four, like I was four months pregnant and miscarried. Um, and then eight weeks later, fell pregnant with Vita, my third child. So her pregnancy, I suffered – really severe depression really severe and I had not suffered that form of depression for about 10 years so so um you know I've had this kind of history of depression before a lot of people know that I'm a suicide survivor so but I had really suffered it through that whole um the the whole time I was carrying Vita and I think there was anxiety there was Mm. also hormones everything going yeah so when I had her there was this huge sense of relief and um it was probably she was only about three months old. I booked in and did a fashion styling course. I'd always styled people, but I went and got accredited for it. Yeah. And soon as I got accredited for it, I literally, I think it was probably only like three weeks afterwards, I booked a videographer, met him at Chadston, never even met him before. I said, "We're going to shoot these videos for Fashion Week," and um, just went into Alana Hill, talked my way in there, shot an amazing video. It was awesome. It, it actually is one of my videos on my showreel. Like my first video ever, I still think that's probably one of like it's such good work. Wow. And I just went, what am I doing? Do you know what I mean? Like what am I do- what am I doing here mucking around with fashion styling, blah, blah, blah. I am a TV presenter and I've always wanted to be, you know, and I've never given everything to it. Like I've given everything to so many other things. So that's when I just wrote on the back of a scrap piece of paper, it was an envelope, saying Logie's 2018, so this is back in 2016, it didn't mean that I was going to get there, present, win one, nothing like that. It just meant that that's the tangible goal and then the rest will manifest itself. And so that's how it started. Wow. And then here we are, 2018. I remember when I first discovered you and and following that hashtag and then, you know, getting to know you and coming to know and, like, it's going to happen. I think it's it is going to happen. happen. I don't care what you say. Like I'm even, I'm just like, yep. Like there's not a person who hasn't, you know, either met you or even just come to know your online presence that isn't like would think otherwise. Honestly, there's just something about you. There's something about your aura. There's something about the energy, you know, that you both put out and take in. There's no way that it's not happening. Oh my goodness! Thank you so much. Well, well that's true. Everyone out there signing that accreditation right is like <laughs> everybody the out there thing. right now. I can guarantee you is nodding their head and their manifesting <laughs> for you. And, and that's what's been so beautiful about the social media world, man. Like I and I say it a lot on my socials. I am so proud of of my my followers or my fans or my tribe that's on there I'm proud of them I expect a lot of them I don't feel you know I don't have a huge account and the people I do have I'm very like this is you know uh, I this is you this you know it, I 
because of you, all the lights, all the support, everything like that, this is happening. You know, I try and give back as much as I can and let them know that because your heart is open, because you're inspired, you're allowing me to inspire you back. You know, that that's how it works. And, um, and I a hundred percent, I'm just so proud of all the people that come and, and help manifest, um, this dream for me. It's amazing. Aww. But you know what, honestly, I know you always say like, I don't have a huge account, but like having 15,000 followers of as of today, extremely- <laughs> extremely engaged followers like that that's a massive thing because you know it's it's one thing to have a million followers post you know following you because you post bikini pics but they're all probably all creepy men do you know Mm. what I mean like people are following you and they are super engaged with your journey and you give so much to people through your stories you give so much to people through what you're prepared to share you know you don't just share you know all the happy parts of this journey that you're on but you share the setbacks and you share the you know the letdowns and you share the pain that goes alongside with it and I think people really appreciate that oh, I think they do too and but and that's the thing it's I think it's because they can handle it do you know what I mean like and that's where I I try to really let let um everybody know on on my account um you know you guys can handle it that's why you get it like and that's why I share it with you you know the day that that you know it's not like that and it's not well received and that doesn't mean that I need happy faces sent back to me but you know people actually understand it and that's because I have this community of really smart men and women that have a great sense of humor you know that are all trying so hard and working so hard in their own lives that are dealing with their own shit and and they come onto my platform to get a little bit of lightness or just to get a little bit of something to relate to yeah absolutely and uh, one of the things that you've mentioned I guess through quite a bit of it you know especially you mentioned with the tv show is how I guess volatile and unpredictable this whole media space can be oh yeah what is it like I mean, I know that you share that with us, but how has it been and how have you evolved and adapted to that? How do you manage it? Okay. Well, firstly, no one wants to help you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No one cares. Now, and you have to, and I'm, I'm not going to say you have to have a thick skin because that does not come naturally to us. We are humans. Don't worry about the thick skin. We don't have it. Just deal with it. We don't have it. So you're going to have to go in bare skin (laughs) and, and, for me that so has no one ta- will help you when you're naked <laughs> <laughs> they might actually maybe I should have taken that tactic um, n- no one will help you until they see that you've helped yourself they just won't like uh, you know it's j- unless you have a profile from some other type of um, you know career they just they find it too hard. They don't have the bandwidth for it. And I, I completely understand that. So that's something I've had to really get my head around and, and work out, well, how, how am I going to grow a profile? Like if no one will help me, <laughs> how am I going to get on TV? You're how like, do I okay, get the experience? So probably and miss so, the boat to bang a footballer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no footballer would bang me. Oh my goodness. <laughs> like, <laughs> three kids in. Um, but I think that's where the, stories came about so insta stories had been around for a while i hadn't touched it instagram was just something that i had put my kids onto um i went to a networking night and i saw um angela sobrano doing stories and she was just talking about it. and i still just hadn't even worked it out or anything and then i clicked on it the next day clicked on it and i was like oh all right so it's got 15 seconds and you've got to say it oh, okay like i literally just looked at one all right then well I'm going to use this as my TV presenting skill. So I am going to do my stories in one take. And then that, when I go into, and back then I was that naive, I thought that there was job interviews for TV presenting. So when I go into an interview, I'm going to be able to say, I can do anything you want in one take. 
not that I don't even know if that's actually a thing or if people care about that, but I, you can bet your ass I can do anything in one take. I'm, you know, that's, and that's what I used my Insta story platform for was practicing presenting and that's how it became my style. Yeah. And that is my style. And a lot of people say, I remember when we were on the show and we're in an ad break and I did an Insta story and you were like, did you just say that in one go? And I'm like, yeah, because <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, 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 that's all I know. That's And that's how I can push out a lot of content. People think I spend hours on there. I don't. I'm just like, bam, this is it. Yeah, I'm no, cooking real time. It. It's nick, nick level. And then it's gone. We're gone. Because I, I can't afford to push out content, have three kids, got roast potatoes on the bloody stove, and, and do double takes of this stuff. It's real life. Yeah, like and, if and, you fuck it, it ain't going up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's all you're eating. Like, we don't have any more. Especially if I ever do like a roast lamb or something. It's like, Jesus. <laughs> I can't get too caught up in the whole um, capturing it. I've got yeah. to make sure that food's ready to eat. It's funny, actually, because, like, I have tried to walk through the middle of the city while <laughs> looking at my phone and trying to do an Insta story. I did it once, and I literally said, I'm like, I'm trying to – I'm going to do an event with Emmy Lou, so I'm trying to do my stories Emmy Lou style. And I was just like, I feel like a dickwad. <laughs> what the fuck am I doing? And then I, you know, and it's really hard to do that, to block everything out because you've got so many distractions. It's really hard to not be conscious of what other people potentially might think of you but you just get it done and 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 that's that's become my style like you know of of doing like all my stories in public or or on the go and there's a couple of reasons for that was because I want to do it in one take I want to be able to block out people when you're live you know what it's like like you're live you've got an audience you have to just be on and you don't get a second chance and so that's kind of what I make the other thing I do do though is um if I don't want to hold the phone I'll ask strangers to hold the phone for me I love that because that you are strangers oh my god so the insta stories I do at the pool if you see me and I have both hands free that means I've asked the lifeguard to take my insta story they hate me because and he goes and like there's I a couple. I knew that Aaron held it or your sister held it or like a friend no no held I ask I ask the the girl at Priceline the waiter I'll ask um the maitre d at like a really beautiful restaurant if there's no one there and I've just stuck oh across. MG mind blown yeah I I just ask I've I've asked like just Asian tourists on the street could you hold my phone for a second and then and the Asians are the best mate they love it trust me I am Asian I'll hold the camera for anyone. no you're allowed to say um, that <laughs> and they love it do you know because I mean? they're so they're so like into like that they always yeah. ask to take photos of my children like that it's just it's yeah, just our weird. culture it's our culture though yeah. it's not um it's not anything untoward oh my god yeah so i, I just say can you everybody else probably knew that but me but i'm just like oh my god you're right because oh, i'm like you I can't always the... have someone with you yeah no i don't i don't have the luxury of that so i remember i asked it was 2 30 in the morning i was staying in king's cross i just finished training with shelly horton and um i'd went to bed because it was a big day of media training with um i don't know if you guys know shelly horton's on channel nine the today show yeah and so she, she also hosts for um business chicks yeah, yeah yeah and so she we i did media training with her last year and we'd had a big day i went home slept woke up 2 30 in the morning it's king's cross i'm out i'm like let's <laughs> so i went out into the street and i'm like Woo-hoo. anyway um i was like god there was like a car chase people getting arrested and these people and you're were handing your phone oh, over to someone yeah and they, they they stumbled out of this nightclub and then all these cops are there and they all got arrested and, and i was just watching it all go down didn't have my phone i didn't film that part but then soon it was over there was a security guard there and he's like having a smoke like oh my god this just happened i'm like excuse me would you mind holding my phone for a second and so then i've like done all these stories while he's holding my phone he's like yeah literally like and he's looking at me like hurry up hurry up i'm like okay this security guard's gonna kill me oh my um, god I'm like, thanks so much grab my phone and go but it, it you don't have time to muck around <laughs> oh my god you are so funny <laughs> 
my god, I'm just gonna start getting random people to hold my phone. Oh, mate, you watch your presenting skills go up though. Oh, mate, no, that is not for me. I honestly, I don't know how you do it. And like we said, we're talking about, you know, I guess how unpredictable the the nature of this is. But I think one thing that I think is really beautiful to come out of all this, like you said, someone won't help you too. They see you help themselves. One relationship that you formed, which you know, is kind of super random, but also super cute because I love him, is Hitch. Oh, Peter, Peter Hitchner. Hitchner. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How did that all happen? Like, he was just on your live one day and, like, wa- and you... Waving. And yeah. then, and I lost it like a little girl. So, for those of you who aren't from Melbourne, Peter Hitchener is our Channel 9 News anchor. He's on every night at 6 o'clock on our TV screens. Uh, he has been with Channel 9 for 45 years this year. That so, is he is, dude. you know, he is royalty, like news reading royalty, right? Yeah. Um, and... I've been following him for years. He, I sent him a DM a long time ago, probably about three years ago, before even the TV presenting started. Oh, no, no, around the same time. Yep. And he never answered back. And now that I've actually read his profile, it actually states no DMs, please. But I didn't know he that. He probably just doesn't read them. I He's know, probably I know. just not that on social media. Um, <laughs> no, he loves it. And, uh, <laughs> and so then I... Um, I kind of forgot about it and then he he started following and I still hadn't worked that out at that point and then he came on that live and it was when I was coming home from Shelley Horton's train on no it wasn't it was Christmas time just this Christmas yeah and he waved and on my thing and I was like okay everybody let's just stop for a second Peter Hitchin has just joined my live hello Peter and just talked directly to him almost (laughs) then he sent a message afterwards saying hi I didn't mean to hijack your live I'm currently in Japan. I think you're doing amazing work. Your personality is incredible. You're going to go places. And he had been watching for a long time, was a fan of Dot Com Social, uh, a fan of my social media, like just my Insta stories. And I hadn't realised that he'd been on this time, all this oh time. Oh, my God. Isn't that and amazing? So, Isn't that such a nice – from someone, I guess, like you said, who's such a veteran. And you look up to. Yeah. yeah. Is, is noticing you. Exactly. And, and and giving me that support saying, no, you're, you're it. Like, you, you're going to get there. And then he invited me to um, for a private tour at Channel 9 and, you know, I got to watch him do the news, met all of the news crew and that was so and, – and what blew me away was how he introduced me. You know, this is Emmy Lou. This, she's just – an amazing young woman, internet sensation. I'm like, no, no, I'm not. I'm not. Um, <laughs> You're like, oh, no, um, please don't tell people that. Yeah. Onto my page. <laughs> and then they'll see, you know, like 5,000 You followers. are an internet um, sensation, by the way. And so he, the way he introduced me was just so beautiful and the respect that he gave me, um, it didn't matter who it was. You know, I met the head of the network. He didn't care. And it was just gorgeous. And I said, you know, am I on the right track? And he goes, you are 100% on the right track. You just don't change a thing. You just keep going. Um, and that, you know, is amazing. I just actually had dinner with him on um, Friday night. Besties! Hashtag besties. Yeah, we, we, we actually <laughs> went to Greece. We watched the first half and then we ended up sitting in the foyer having a, having a quiet drink and actually catching up properly because at, oh, at nine we didn't awesome. get to – he was obviously working. So we actually just got to spend a couple of hours together having a drink, going to Chinatown, getting something to eat and really chatting, you know, and it was so nice. We were both all buggered. We'd had a big day of work, all of us. Um, sorry, and it was um, it was gorgeous. Oh my god, that is so cute. Um, 
Now, one of the things that I guess people may or may not realize, and we, we have touched on this, is that through everything, through .com social, through all the stuff that you're putting together, whether it be, you know, the most recent um, shoot that you did um, with the – it's Yamas, isn't it? Yamas. I know I still call them Yamas, but <laughs> it is Yamas. Yeah. Um, it's all you. Like, you don't have a team. It is you. Yeah. You are not just the one presenting it. You're not just a producer for shits and gigs, like, to be like, I'm a presenter. It's actually just all you from start to finish, from the conception yep. to the pre-production to the money that gets thrown at it to organizing everything as small as, you know, the food on the day mm-hmm. to being on it and having to be on 24-7. It is you. Totally 100% me. So, um, and, and that's where I'm starting to learn as a producer what I need to ask for from people. And that's, you know, where I, I still have a lot of learning to do. Uh, I have to start to learn to value myself and put a value on it because Mm -hmm. at the moment I'm still super transparent and just like, oh, this is how much it costs. You know, just pay the photographer, just pay the video guy, that's it. You know, whereas I'm putting in hours and hours of work and using my social platform to promote products and all of that, but I don't... Mm -hmm. I don't monetize it. I don't put a value on it. It's not about monetizing. It's about actually putting a value on things because I can't go around saying, you know, have the confidence, you know, be confident. And I am, I'm super confident in who I am, my body, my personality, these, these pre-produced videos that I make, I'm super confident in that. But am I confident in saying, actually, you're going to have to pay me to do that? No. So yeah. that's where I'm learning. That's right. Put your foot down. Mm, you know, and, and it is just me. And what I'm lucky though, is that I feel like I've had to pay my dues though. I feel like I've, I, I want to prove myself because what I'm wanting to produce is not always the norm. You know, I'm, you know, with the Burke Street Bathers Mall, no one, um, you know, I paid for that myself. I just asked for a pair of bathers from a company and that was it. And they didn't know what I was going to do with it. So, you know. By I, the way, I'm standing in Burke Street and you bathers. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, those those types of things, even the Ziggy's one, you know, I just wanted to do that, like, because I want to show what I can do and I need yeah. people to understand what's sort of happening in my mind. So when they know they sign up to something that is produced by Emmy Lou or maybe that has me involved in it, it's not going to be stock standard video. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And so I think it's okay to, to not, um, you know, not to go all out with pricing and things like that until it gets to the point where, you know, I have this really strong brand and this really strong template of how I do things, which I am starting to get to the point now. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, you put so much into these things. It's not just the the, the time and money, but the effort and the energy. And like you said at the very beginning, you know, this takes away from your your home, your family Mm. life. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, And we've touched on, you know, you've created this amazing community online, I guess, effectively, you know, this tribe that rally behind you. Um, how do you also manage that as well? Cause I can only imagine that putting yourself out there so much, there is quite a big expectation almost, um, when you obviously are that relationship with your followers and mm. stuff like that, you know, have you, have you come across any sort of, I guess, almost like faux tribe, I guess, where mm. it's, people are expecting stuff from you, but it's because they see you on the rise. They see you on the up and up. Oh uh, yeah, very much so. That's starting to happen a lot now. Um, people are just, uh, I guess they're, I don't know. They, they forget that that platform's mine. You know, they're forgetting that it is mine. I've built it. I've, I've nourished it and I love it and I love my followers and I love my fans and they come first. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, and what they want is me. Yeah. They just want 
whatever I'm doing at the time. So it has to be authentic. And, you know, um, I don't burn bridges. I'm hugely, I'm highly professional. And what I'm finding is people are are kind of almost skipping the professional route and trying to take the personal route with me and, 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 you know, Mm, intimidating me in that way. And, um, and, you know, I am, I'm I'm a big softie when it comes to stuff like that. So I do feel intimidated. I'm like, Oh God, they're going to think I'm not kind because I've only said the word no. Yeah. You know, no, not for me right now. No, thank you. And and to get that kind of, um, you know, that it's weird. It's that really fine line where it's a passive-aggressive way. I've had to put the big girl pants on and go, okay, then, you know, that's that's how you roll. Um, it's not how I roll. I'm very upfront. Mm-hmm. I'm very straightforward. I am very kind um, and I'm, I'm hugely loyal too. But at the same time, like, I, I need to branch out. Like, I need to to be able to just discover whatever I want to discover. And that's what I take all of my tribe on the journey with me, you know, is, yeah. is just discovering new things as I discover it. I don't know the answers to anything, but I feel like, yeah, it's been, it's just in these last few weeks, people are sort of coming out and going, Hey, you know, this and this. And it's like, no, no, thank you. And you think that that would be enough, but it's not, it's getting reciprocated with, an offensive yeah they're getting hostility yeah. in, in turn you feel like they're making you feel like you've done the wrong thing or you've been unkind and that's not yeah and it's very hard to deal with and I'm lucky enough to have some management come on board now so that's been an incredible sort of final piece to the puzzle yeah um and new concepts have come on board to manage um things for me and it's funny you know they're coming on board like i don't i don't make any money do you know what i mean like they, yeah. they're investing time into me mm, and they see something they see something and it's been really great because they're really starting to they don't ever um try to control or um sway me in what i want to do they just let me go for it and then i just produce all this content I go, here you go is there anything you can do with that and they're like I, we don't know what are we going to do with you and the woods with the yamas <laughs> Who are we meant to pitch this to? And I'm like, I don't know, Vogue. Like, (laughs) hello. But yeah, so I um, so we're starting Vogue 2020. (laughs) Hashtag Vogue 2020. But um, but they will. But they are great in giving me that endorsement. Like, hey, you're not actually doing anything wrong here. You're actually being really professional, really upfront. You're not doing a thing wrong. It's okay. Flick it over to us. Yeah, we'll handle it. Sometimes I guess, like you said, you really recognize where your strengths are and you know, you can't do everything. You absolutely cannot. Mm. And sometimes like taking yourself out of the equation when Mm. it comes to those, I guess, personal slash professional, um, correspondence correspondence with people that, yeah, sometimes it actually, you need to be removed from the equation because too much emotion becomes a part of it. Uh, but this campaign that we just mentioned with the Yamas, your confidence is contagious. Mm. Tell me a bit more about that because I feel like that's just the beginning, isn't it? That's just it the is. teaser. Yeah. So um, I do have another part two to come out. Now, you never know how they're going to come out to you in the editing room. You just don't. You spend all day capturing the, the footage. Yeah. Um, remember, I had 18 looks to photograph as well as all the videography happening. Wow. And that 18 looks is, you know, um, a commitment to Frankie and Co who, you know, helped fund the shoot as well and give me all the clothes. So I'm nervous because I've got to now produce this part too. But the, the entire – the idea for me was that we – we constantly hear, you know, you've got a tribe, your, your vibe attracts your tribe. And, and, and that is true. You know, if you're an asshole, you're not going to have many people in your corner. You know, that, that is true. But at the same time, um, you can be a really good person and quite shy and not, um, out right out there in the public space and not have a huge tribe, you know, and, Mm. 
I want people to be okay with that. We're getting into winter. We're getting into seasonal depression. Um, I, I seriously think I have seasonal affective and, 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 you know, you can really get it. And it's really important to understand that being alone can be incredibly beautiful. If you have five people that are amazing and that are a tribe, that, you're lucky. Do you know what I mean? You're lucky to have five amazing My mother friends. used to say that to me all the time. She's like, if you can count your five friends on your one hand, then you are set for life. And I was like, oh, fuck you, Mom. I've got a thousand friends on fucking MySpace. Yeah, I know. But it, and it's true, you know, and I really wanted five to Five too many for me that. now. I've got enough time for five. Exactly. Once you have kids, five it too becomes many. a lonely space. Um, so it was really important for me to, to put that message across that it is you know have the confidence to be alone your mind is your tribe if your mind is strong if your heart is open if you are kind that that's your tribe right there and then those other people that come into your life they're the bonus because i think we we see all these followers and you know all these people in the likes and the comments and the game you know you see it all on your social media platform and it's all amazing and for me it's doing amazing things for my profile will not you know um take away from that but that's not reality as well. And we need to make sure we're understanding that, you know, be strong in who you are, be okay with who you are. So yeah, that's, that's where the, and the, the llamas or the yamas, however you want to say, I still like to say llamas cause it sounds so cute, but the yamas, they were such a beautiful creature to signify that kind of almost silent tribe, even though they're not silent. They sit there going, yeah, they didn't spit, but they can spit. And so I was worried about that because having them so close, they tend to spit. And so um, having them there, though, was kind of like that was representing the tribe in my mind because they're just silent, beautiful creatures, gentle, docile. Oh, wow. Yeah. I love the whole concept around it. And Wasn't it stunning? It's, it's funny <laughs> when you say, you know, your mind is your tribe, and I'm like, it's actually such a scary thought for me because I'm like, oh, my brain's messed up. I'm like, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to be alone with my brain. I've got like three different tribes, and they're all at war with each other. <laughs> I know. Seriously. I'm like, look, there's quite a few tribes in my brain. I'm like, none of them get along. <laughs> Um, but no, that is, that is such a beautiful concept. And I think especially for you and your journey and you know, why a lot of people follow you as well. And I think a lot of people will take so much from that, like such a simple concept, but you know, we don't really stop to think about that. Exactly. And I've spent so many years alone. Like, I mean, people see me now as I am now, but I have spent, I've always been a popular kid, all of that, that's fine, but I have spent so many years feeling incredibly lonely, incredibly lonely. And be surrounded by a room of people. Yeah, and, and feeling really alone. And, and that's where um, I was okay with that. Do you know what I mean? And that's what I'm trying to just show, that that does not mean you have times of despair and sadness and there is nothing wrong with feeling loneliness. It's a feeling. We don't have to be scared of it. Like, that is a feeling and, and you can either choose to change it or accept it or move on or, you know, like, work out how you want to get past that. Mm. Or maybe you just are enjoying the experience. That's okay too. No, it's – and I think it's a, a real I, – I really love that you want to share that with people because, like you said, as you are now, you know, with an online presence and everything like that, it's almost like you want to reassure people like, hey, you know, don't worry if – don't look at me and think this is what you have to do and where you have to be mm. because I've been – here and I've been here and I've been here and it's all a journey mm. and you know whether you've got a you know 15,000 people following you on Instagram <laughs> or you know whether you are alone mm. they're both fine exactly and they and they, they both hold such beauty that's that's the, the thing that I think we can always relate to beauty sometimes helps us to manage things in our head and that's why I wanted to make that video look beautiful 
yeah. look beautiful but tribal and and because um, that just helps to ease our, our thought process into what it could be yeah absolutely and like we said 15k what do you got coming up what's, so, on, the, what's on the books what's happening so 15k has just happened overnight i've woken up to 15k which is pretty Woo-hoo. amazing uh, i need to i've got a bottle up there we can crack it <laughs> it's 12 it's past 12 o'clock i've got to go pick up the kids and you live a long way from where i live so i've got to drive home it's fine. <laughs> but i have my 15k party happening so i um but it's also – I knew it was coming up, so it was hard to obviously put a date on it. But in two weeks' time, it's my birthday. So my birthday actually lands on the 2nd of May. I'm having my 15K birthday party on the 5th of May. It's a Saturday. We've managed to get an amazing restaurant. Um, I do have to sell 250 tickets. Like. <laughs> I think it'll be fine. Uh, well, I don't know. Like, I, I put a poll out. 500 people said they could um, come, and I released the tickets last night. We've sold 100. I'm like, where's the other what 150? What the fuck? You yeah. sold 100 overnight? Yeah, yeah. That's massive. Yeah, is it? Because I was like, oh, my God, where's the other 150? Come on, guys. It was no, 500 no. of you. No, Honestly, like, I've sold tickets to ship before, and you, you you do sometimes get a bit of an influx at the start, but it's usually a bit of a slow burn because, you know, money for people. I Am I going to be free, this, that, the other? Mm. Nah, you'll be fine, mate. Well, I hope so because I've tried to make it as affordable um, as I can you know I know I can't believe you can't come oh my goodness well you didn't give me that no I I literally just organized this within the last four days and then went bam we're going on and even Newmarket were like uh who's this girl tagging us do we have an event on the 5th of May I'm like yeah you booked out the whole restaurant to us okay yeah okay (laughs) no that is so exciting and you know what I think that's such an amazing thing for you to do because one thing I know about you is that you know obviously you connect with your followers online but you really love to take go that one step further and really I guess make those connections in real life because that's another level that's like that's like a that's like a much deeper level and I I want everyone to experience the press wall um like you know you like they see me a lot at the moment going to red carpet events posing in front of a press wall I want them to have the confidence to walk up and get a photo and press wall like a boss do you know what I mean and I mean even one of the conditions of the restaurant was hey I'm you know I'm happy. So all the ticket money just goes to them for drinks and roaming canapes. Now I'm actually footing the bill. Um, well, actually I'm hoping to get a sponsor, but I'm actually footing the bill if I don't to create a massive grazing table because I want to create, recreate that grazing table that you guys keep seeing online. I'm making it for you on the night of my birthday. You know, the night of my birthday where I should be getting my hair and makeup done, I'm not. I'm going to be there making a two-metre grazing table so there's cheese and all You're sorts of stuff. You're intense woman. I am, but I want it for the – I want – Real, like as should much. have factored that into the ticket price. No one would mind. I know, but really you know what? We don't I want it coming out of your pocket, Emmy Lou. You, you do dive, so much. I know, I know, but it's it's so fun. And the more we dive into our phones, and this is where dot com social came about. The more we dive into our phones, the more we yearn for human con- connection. And that's why I wanted to create that TV show where we could be like in social media and then see it on the TV and look up from our phones and get that traditional media happening. And I think this is another way, traditional old school birthday party. This is not an event. It's not a workshop. It's not a fucking networking night. It's a bloody party where I'm probably going to get really drunk and dance to Beyonce. And you guys are going to love it. (laughs) That's not my thing. (laughs) I know. I can't believe you're not going to be, has anyone seen Olivia White dance? Because it's pretty (laughs) next level. I still think I actually have it saved as one of my stories on my Instagram. Oh yeah. From dot com. Oh yeah. (laughs) Someone sent, I actually didn't even know, but someone sent it to me and I was like, oh, (laughs) and I'd had one drink. I know. (laughs) You're excited. I know. Everyone's <laughs> like, wow, is she drunk? I'm like, no, mate, I'm driving. Mind you, can we all just paint the picture? She was in a um, a glitter, a full sequined dress. Yeah, I look like a dick. I look like a dick. <laughs> I look like a disco 
ball. I look like a dick and a so disco ball. And you yeah. look like a giant piece of tinsel. Yes. It was Christmas time. I know. So that is super exciting. We've got your 15K party happening on yep. May the 5th. Yes. People can buy tickets now. Yep, they can buy them straight from my website. How's that? Even, oh. even kicked off Eventbrite and just did Dang it myself. Yeah. I know. I can't even believe that. Um, so, yeah, they can just jump on my website and it's all there for them. That is super exciting. And what a massive thing for you to pull off in such a short period of time. And um, selling 100 tickets overnight hasn't <laughs> even been 24 hours. That's huge. Oh, thanks so much because I was really panicked by that. I was like, oh, my God, that's like hardly anything. We've oh, got 150 to go. So funny. <laughs> I think it's just such a big, big deal. And I, I do like that that has to actually get paid to the restaurant. Do you know what I mean? Like that I have to give them a deposit next week. It's just a full on old school, you know, when your friends go to a birthday party and you're yeah. like, oh, it's yeah, 65 bucks ahead yeah. and you've got to get all the money off them. It's exactly the same system. It's like, I've got to get all the money off you guys to pay this restaurant. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, come on guys. Buy I know. Some t- buy some tickets. <laughs> well, thank you so much so for coming welcome. on today. I'm so thrilled to have you on. Oh. I had so many people requesting for me to really? podcast with you. Not that I wasn't already going to be doing one with you. <laughs> But I, yeah, my mind is just blown. Like obviously, you know, learning so much about you and your background and, and where you've come from, like it just these little pieces to the puzzle that are Amy Lou. It's just, it's really nice to get that insight. Oh, and I'm so grateful so for you for sharing thank that. Thank you so much for having me and all your support. You've been so supportive from when I was just like nothing. Do you know what I mean? And oh, it was just amazing. It was so amazing. And well, you know, I think that anyone who's listening right now, anyone who follows you, anyone who has come across you through me or Mel Watts or whoever it is, um, you know, we stayed for a reason. Oh, thank you. That's Logie's 2018. Oh, yeah. Hashtag 2020. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for listening, guys. And thanks, Emmy Lou. Thank you. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode with the gorgeous Emmy Lou. How amazing is she? If you wanted to know more or follow along with Emmy Lou, you can head over to her Instagram account or her Facebook or her website, emmylouloves.com.au. If you wanted to book tickets to her epic 15K party, then you can also head over to her gram or website where you can book tickets directly. Thank you so much again for listening and I'll be back in a couple of weeks with my interview with the gorgeous Revy Jane. Thank you.